Hey guys, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. This will be short and sweet. Uh, it is with great, uh, wait, I was about to say without further ado, it is with great pride and excitement that I bring you another music mega tournament with Dan Koch from Pretty Good Vibrations. Uh, you have permission, all around superstar. Um, if you'll remember the Screamo tournament we did, we have just done another one and it is 2000s post-hardcore. And this episode is a gargantuan. We did five hours of content. I don't know how much you would. I think it's just, you know, two episodes. We're going to do part one and part two. Um, 34 bands. Who will win? So I'm going to post the. It's it's also over on um, yeah, Pretty Good Vibrations. Go support that pod. But uh, I wanted to let y'all hear it here. And uh, let me know what you think about the winner and some of my decisions. I think I'm going to make some people very angry, but uh, you know, I had to go with my gut. This is the left side. This is the right side. Welcome back to Pretty Good Vibrations, the podcast that celebrates and analyzes rock and pop music, the crucial role it plays in our lives. Jed Payne, you're back from Screamo Tournament fame. Absolutely. It was a monster hit, if I do say so myself. I had you, I'm having you back because as I was listening back to that episode, I kept alternating between laughing and feeling deep feelings in my heart. Oh, that's, that is, that's what makes great podcasting. I tell you what. Honestly, it is. So I texted you, I was like, okay, what's our next genre? What's our next approach? And you're like, let's do 2000s post-hardcore. Which, just like Screamo, it is really yes, hard difficult. to narrow this down. And yeah. after you make the list, uh, it's like every day I think of a new band that I'm like, oh, you should have da 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 You got to cut it off at some point. We're, we'll talk about bands. Let me, let me define post-hardcore real quick for people. It's And then you can add anything if you think I'm missing it. There's no true hard and fast distinction between emo and post-hardcore. Technically, most people will say that emo, which starts as emo core, is a form of post-hardcore, with post-hardcore being the umbrella term for all the genres that basically come as a post version of punk rock, hardcore punk rock, which is, you know, Minor Threat, Bad Brains, that kind of, think that 80s DC stuff, uh, Black Flag, right? So it comes out of that and it says... We're taking this hardcore thing. So the post-punk bands, they were taking like the, you know, bands. They were taking the Stooges. They were taking Pistols and Clash and Ramones, that punk moment. But they were kind of applying it to like a dancier, more art house kind of a music. These these post-hardcore bands, they're taking Minor Threat and Black Flag, that hardcore punk, and they're going beyond that so it's it's not as dancey it's not as like indie rock as post-punk it's more it's closer to metal it's taking more the heavier aspects of punk and then going all right well what happens if we broaden that a little bit because hardcore punk is about the the narrowest genre sonically that i can think of like not a lot of variety right 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 every yes every song might as well be the same did I tell right. you that that this in this shock? Well, nobody cares, but it shocks some people. 
I I am not a punk fan. For all oh. my scene, I just yeah. I I skipped it. The uh, the only punk, and I don't even know if this is really punk. Social Distortion, yeah, they're punk. was okay. It was, there was a live record that my sister uh, played every morning on the way to school. So like that was, but I, I really like I. Well, it, I think it was because I'm a drummer and I could not stand like Dead Kennedys or uh, the Ramones. Just the most basic. Oh, it's, it's the basic. same reason. It's, it's yeah. the same reason I, I can't stand reggae because it's just too. I wonder if you had been a little older, like if it had been Black Flag, especially the Bill Stevenson era, who ends up in Descendants and all. That is some really cool drumming. Uh, but yeah, like a lot. Of, it's it's fast. It's just trying to be fast. And it, and I, I will say it's not that I like hate it. It really is just that during my musical developmental period, for some reason, I just skipped over. Hmm. punk and went i I was i I came through more the alternative rock like bush to um i mean like skillet to bush to uh deftones yeah i think deftones white pony was my crossover i think that was yeah that was my my switch into like oh what's going on here jed give us the wikipedia definition of post-hardcore so according to Wikipedia, uh, post-hardcore, genre of music, <laughs> post-hardcore is a punk rock music genre that maintains the aggression and intensity of hardcore punk, but emphasizes a greater degree of creative expression. Like the term post-punk, the term post-hardcore has been applied to a broad constellation of groups. So you were pretty damn close to like yeah, the official. I... Some say, yeah, I was about to say, some might think that you read it. I did read it. I mean, I read it earlier today, but you know, so Husker doing the Minutemen, that's kind of that first wave. You get to like Fugazi, Jawbox, Shellac. This is sort of the beginnings of post-hardcore. There will be a early post-hardcore tournament at some point. I've already got a list of bands. I have some, I've been involved in some very fun list making, which is honestly about half of the fun of making this podcast is just doing the Excel spreadsheets. (laughs) I am a true nerd. Uh, it's, it's just a fun solo self-care kind of activity for me, honestly. Anyway, so that is, that stuff will have its own, uh, tournament later. We are focusing on sort of what we would call peak post-hardcore or we're, we're just going to make it the two thousands. That's yeah. the simplest way to do it, to just make it that decade. And this is when post-hardcore slash emo slash screamo, when a bunch of these kind of scene bands, punk adjacent, pop punk adjacent, when the Warp Tour bands all of a sudden hit the radio for five years there. And yeah. we couldn't believe that our music was like the main rock music of America for five years or so. And those are the bands we're talking about today. So that's post-hardcore. Jed, what was the first post-hardcore band that you got into? Or the first Thursday. few, if you don't know. It was Thursday. Thursday. So that that also. So uh, shout out to Jordan Payne, my sister, and um, Hillary, her friend. It was, I was in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade was when they were driving me to school. And they had, it was a tape, cassette tape that had Zayo, Thursday, Social Distortion, and Element 101. Uh, and Elliot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Elliot? Elliot, the yeah. Calm Americans album? Oh, Elliot. Yep. Yep. They'll be in the emo emo tournament, not the post-hardcore tournament. Thursday was definitely the first, uh, my first 
love yeah. of that. Yeah. Mine was, so the first band who ended up being post hardcore would, that I would have gotten into was AFI, but that's because I got into them mm. when they were a punk band and the, their kind of post hardcore stuff didn't come out till I was in college. Uh, Sing the Sorrow, which is the primary record we'll hear from today. That's 2003. So I actually think Stavesaker uh, is the first post-hardcore band I probably heard. Again, veering into emo, uh, but but more post-hardcore because Mark Solomon was in the Crucified and like that. He's definitely coming out of hardcore and then getting more melodic and whatnot. So I, I, Stavesaker is in today's tournament and not the emo tournament because of that. Then I think I got into Boy Sets Fire, that album after uh, the eulogy, which came out when I was still in high school. Yeah. And then and then I finally I the same day, the only time I ever bought CDs at Hot Topic, I was like a senior in high school and purchased Thrice Illusion of Safety and Thursday Full Collapse in the same trip. I might have had like oh. a buy one, get one half off coupon or something. And so I bought those two CDs at the Valco Mall. Uh, in the San Jose area, California, it might be Cupertino. Anyway, that that's sort of my order. Oh yeah, Illusion of Safety. Yes, that was the other uh, mind blowing. And really, I think that would have been my crossover into bands like Darkest Hour and like metal because that mm, that was yeah. Because Tepe is kind of a metal kind of a kind of a metal riff guy, especially early on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, that was what, um, my friends that played guitar, they like, we all latched onto that album and wanted to try to emulate it. Like I tried to, like, I learned deadbolt as quick as I could. He learned yeah. deadbolt. Yeah. Just solid. I, I think that, re- that record for me had an opposite or, or rather, uh, other direction. It brought me smoothly out of punk and I had heard identity crisis, their first record, which is more of a straight punk not quite pop punk but a a punk record melodic punk and illusion of safety that then opened me up into more emotional less sort of straight up fast punk rock so this would have actually been the opposite kind of bridge for me out of punk because that angel of death did not skip over my doorstep jed you might have skipped punk but i certainly didn't i was swimming in those waters exclusively for many years of my adolescence did you ever did you ever like dress the part a little bit you know i dyed my hair many many times i had i had like black uh like worker jackets like canvas trucker jackets with yeah man studs in them not like the big spikes <laughs> never anything that would like physically harm somebody and i never got any right. piercings and i didn't get tattoos till my 30s but i i was you know i definitely had like it was all dickies or or uh yeah Ben something. What was that with the gorilla on it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Not might Ben Sherman. Californ- no, might have been a California. Ben Davis. So it was all Dickies mm. or Ben Davis. It was all Converse or Vans New Schools, right? And then it was punk band t-shirts and a lot of safety pins. Yeah, a lot of hair dyeing, that kind of thing. Oh, that's great. So I was, you know, I was like moderately in it. Like if I went to the mall, you could tell I was like a punk kid probably. You know. Yes. All right. Yeah. What does post-hardcore mean to you as a genre of music? Oh, that's maybe this might, this little snippet might sum it up. I remember showing um, Cross Out the Eyes to my girlfriend at the time named Taylor. She, from Thursday. And she was like, it is like, it just sounds so angry. And I was like, no, 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 no. Listen to the lyrics. It's, he's screaming 
when you leave, you leave nothing but broken hearts. And I was like, it's so, it's so like desperate and sad. And she was yeah. like, oh, oh wow, that that is, you know. So yeah, it 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 was a it was the aggressive side of depression. I think mm. for me, wow. like it was, it wow. wasn't. It wasn't Elliot Smith, we're going to wallow in it. We're going right. to just like right. sit in a circle. It was, we're mm. going to scream your, you know, we're going to go to a show. You're going to grab the mic and you're going to scream it as oh my loud gosh. as you can. Yeah. And, and really kind of channel it into a communal collective action. Yes. Because, and that's actually the thing that's so interesting about punk and especially hardcore punk. It is, <laughs> as a, as a, someone who has been a professional musician you know, and a songwriter or a instrumental primarily composer of advertising music for 20 of the last 22 years of my life, there's nothing really musical. I mean, there's, there is rhythm going on and there are some chords. You do get a little bit of musicality, but it is about as stripped down as you can get while still having something that like human beings find enjoyable. That isn't just purely noise. You know, it's, it has some patterns it has. And then, but what it's got is the lyrics and it's got that aggression and it's got that communal spirit where it's like, Hey, yeah, we are playing music, but this is as much like a union forming organizing meeting as it is a, a concert, you know, a recital of playing instruments. And it was probably my first introduction to bands that would uh spout causes like you know or it would be like food drives at the show or they yeah. talk about like bombing armenia or something like and that yeah. was kind of my first introduction and you're right it was kind of like uh, yeah and it was very inclusive that was probably probably pretty ahead of its time at least in columbia south carolina that was probably the spot where uh, let your let your freak flag fly, you know. Well, that's so interesting. We had the opposite experience then because I grew up in the Bay Area, which not only is heavily populated, but also has that that East Bay scene. It's got Gilman Street, uh, Rancid and Green Day and Operation Ivy and all that stuff. Mr. T Experience, Lookout Records. It's got this huge kind of local DIY bona fides. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was already a lane for that. You drive around San Jose, California in 1996, you go to the mall, whatever you're going to see, like you you can take the 60 bus out of downtown Campbell with Lars Fredrickson. If you want, like that's our backyard. That's wild. It was not regressive in that way. Like not like truly at like a countywide level kind of a thing. It was like, oh yeah, like when you go up to San Francisco, you see the homeless people, you see the people with boom boxes, you see the punks. Like the punks are recognizable. And yeah. then we get green we get green day when I'm like 11, Dookie comes out, 11 or 12 or whatever. And so by the time I'm in high school, it's like, yeah, dude, like bands from our area have sold 5 million copies of punk rock albums. Yeah. So the bands that I saw like at smaller venues, you know, we saw we saw the Mars Volta in San Luis Obispo with 300 people when they mm. had just broken off. Uh, I definitely saw Save Stavesaker in high school, maybe even late junior high. But yeah, a lot of these bands were bands that we kind of toured with or that were uh, 
active at the same time that we were. I mean, mo- you know, these records came out 2000 to 2009. Sherwood's releases came out 2004 to 2009. So a lot of overlap there for me with, with touring. And just, you know, just to answer my own question about what it means to me, like, it's difficult to separate it out from emo, but I, I think that w- whereas that might get a little bit closer to kind of the bullseye for me, but I, I love the volume and aggression. I also love the sincerity. I'm a, I, I like sincerity in music and in almost everything in life. If it's got hooks, even better. Um, the, these bands are more angular on the whole than the bands that we'll hear in the emo tournament. So that's really great at hitting a kind of a high energy space. For mm-hmm. me, which is very often what I want. Uh, but when an emo band has a super catchy and loud song, like that's going to get closer to the bullseye for me. Mm. But but this is not that far off. You know, for a while, I think I was a little embarrassed about some of this music. Probably not quite as embarrassed as some of the Screamo stuff. This I, is like a little <laughs> less embarrassment. <laughs> Dude, know? I so on one with my youth group, we would take guys trip, you know, um, all like every summer or sometimes weekends we go camping or canoeing or whatever. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's like eight of us dudes. I think I was a freshman and all the way up to seniors and classic. Uh, just imagine a, you know, middle of South Carolina, uh, early two thousands group of Protestant youth group kids. And there you go. <laughs> and so the rule was like, yeah. everybody kind of got to pick a song or you brought your own CD. Cause yeah. know, the music, the, the radio was very, coveted and it was mostly jack this is when jack johnson just like ruled the airways <laughs> I and it totally was like you're talking about yeah it's uh it was jack johnson dave matthews this is the stuff they were playing right yeah and so they're like all right jed it's your turn and i was like pop this in and it was it was thursday and the faces on yeah. everyone in that van yeah and the like the shit i ate for that for so long of just like it's yeah. just whiny like but it, yeah that was my uh oh <laughs> this is not palatable to uh everyone which i th- i think that also is part of the appeal that just kind of occurred to me oh yeah oh yeah for sure yeah all alternative music scenes that's a big part of the appeal is like you can have a genuine membership in a subculture Mm. and not everybody's in it and you're in it and there are special things about it you know yes yes absolutely this is so fun we we, we're doing a mega tournament here we've got 32 artists uh let me very briefly remind people how this game goes so there's a march madness style bracket tournament single elimination we hear one song at a time per band songs are chosen by spotify count and bands are seeded in the tournament, the first through 32nd seed, based on monthly Spotify listeners. Jed gets to choose uh, song versus song each round, who goes on. As he hears them right now, he can defer to me or ask my opinion, or we can talk about it. I will often give my opinion unsolicited, as I, I'm very want to do that on this show. <laughs> I'm a jealous host. It's uh, your show. I, yeah, I, I should talk a little less, I think. But uh, and then I will have a uh, three vetoes that I could use throughout the entire thing. I usually don't use them. Jed has two specialty cards that he can play pinch hitter in which mm-hmm. he gets to sub in a song of his choosing for one of the artists and rain delay in which we just play again with the next song from each band. 
we we got it. We got the game. We got three innings in, but we just got to play a new one tomorrow. I like it. And then I have one choice as well that I can do ahead of time, which is called the like I, I keep changing it like champion or gladiator or or whatever it is uh, or the um oh what is it in the league uh dynasty <laughs> it's the dynasty league like it's your keeper yeah it's keepers kind of so i in the for those bands i choose every song uh on the list that and i just put in the songs that i like because i think that they that that's a better representation of the band than you know whatever spotify seems to be rewarding and I'm looking through, and I don't think I I don't think I did one of those for today. Hmm, I wonder which band you think would be number one. <laughs> you yeah, have I, show, you've shown your hand, sir. Well, and I almost always do that for like smaller bands that I'm like, hey, maybe let's give them a shot to kind of go further in, and people hear more of their stuff. Yeah. Or just a band where I'm like, really, those are the top three songs. Like, then I know. I will just there's be, some weird I'll just ones. Do it. Yeah. But I, I don't think I did that this time. I'm excited about this one because there are uh, there are a few that I'd never like you know Stavesacre that I just missed. So it'll this will, some of these yeah. will be a blind like legit cool. like let's let's see what's good. So that's exciting. hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna read to you the entire list of artists. Bring it on. AFI, Stavesacre, At the Drive-In, Fall of Troy, Coheed and Cambria, Sparta. The Receiving End of Sirens, Dead Poetic, Glass Jaw, Sound of Animals Fighting, The Mars Volta, Armor for Sleep, Dance Gavin Dance, and You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead, Say Anything, Me Without You, The Used, Fear Before the March of Flames, Circa Survive, Funeral for a Friend, Thrice, Cave In, Manchester Orchestra, Boy Sets Fire, Taking Back Sunday, The Bled, Finch, Thursday, Brand New, The Blood Brothers, Bear versus Shark, and Blindside. This is going, what is going so on hard. in your what's going on in your heart and body right now? Oh, uh, I probably sh- oh God, I don't know. The Blood Brothers, Fear Before the March of Flames, um, Thursday. Those are probably gonna be my heaviest biases towards yeah um, yeah i think i i think i fought tooth and nail for uh fear before to get on yeah that we we did a little bit of like wiggling with the bottom maybe the bottom four or five bands yeah we, you know it's like it's like if you're doing a fantasy draft it's like well at this point just you got like 200 people you might choose pick five that you think your last few picks like well maybe that guy has some upside it's like you know these are kind of interchangeable these are not the biggest bands so let's just put in some that we are excited to talk about yes exactly exactly um i it's gonna be hard is what i think yeah it's it's i mean this is uh man if we could assemble these as festivals oh the pretty good vibrations (laughs) tournament 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 fest fest. yeah And and we'll do it live you know Oh my goodness. They like, <laughs> wow, that would be the, that would take so long. Like everybody sets up all their Did, gear and they play one of their songs and then that's it. They only play another it. song if they win. <laughs> and like, no, 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 you can't do it. <laughs> like it's, uh, that's, dude, that's a fresh idea for a battle of the bands. Do a single elimination bracket. So round <laughs> one, matchup ones. 32. This is going to be five rounds. This Ooh. is a long one. You know what? I actually, I get, I get more than three vetoes for a double. 
I get. Let's. I'm gonna give myself. Well, a then, I get, veto. then I get. Then I get four vetoes. I get another. I get another. No, either. you only get oh. the one of each. Okay. All right. AFI versus Stave Saker. So this is the top seed versus the 32 seed. If some of the artists here have been in the emo slash punk scene radio tournament where we played their radio singles against each other, some of them have been in the Warp Tour 04. Uh, and a couple of these will actually also be in the big emo one. We Right now, we are eyeing a 48-band 2000s emo Jeez. tournament. <laughs> Good Lord. It's like I, my bench is so fucking deep on that genre. It, it's kind of warranted. Anyway, we'll we'll see how many we end up with. So some of them, but but the point is, if a song competes in a tournament, I try and disqualify it. So we're get, getting different songs from from a handful of bands like AFI, a few others. Okay. So from AFI, we're getting Silver and Cold. That song Bro. is, yeah, it is. It's good. And it, yeah, it's it's doing. It's subtle. That's what I want to say. That that song is subtly brilliant. And that uh, "Sing the Sorrow" was another um, heavily. I, it's funny because I just recently, for some reason, I guess nostalgia brain, uh, started listening to that album again, like literally like a month ago, and still know every single word, every single song, every single it's note. It's so and solid. It's, it's Jerry Finn unbelievable, produced, it's so, unbelievably solid. It sounds, in my opinion, it's a perfect sounding record. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm a little less edgy than you. I think sonically, um, it's all the right edges are rounded off. It's like still loud and punchy, uh, but but really palatable in a way that I think is like just kind of beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. Okay, yeah, that's up against. Stave Saker from the album Speak Easy, uh, 1999. The song is Keep Waiting. Good. No, I have not. I 
I would just love to hear your thoughts at 99. It's 24 years. Yeah. Old. Okay. Yeah. My thoughts are, I think a shit ton of bands cribbed them. Uh, I, and I, I was pretty, pretty much only Christian bands would really have like, they, they had a little bit of crossover. They did put one record out on nitro records, which is the offsprings label. The, 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 where that is such a trope in that style of music. And that's what I'm saying. Like if that was like early on and I love the, the pan of the drums on left and right. Um, that was, and his vocal, I was shocked by the similarity between him and Davey Havoc. And so that's why I was wondering, I was like, who was first? Did you, I mean, you didn't make that connection. That was extremely similar. I interesting. I don't hear that quite as much. I hear Davey as, um, you know, kind of pterodactyl like or something like he's 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 got a high register. He's coming. He's like screaming out of the skies at you. That was pretty I, high. No. It was it's, pretty it's high. It's the top of it, March range. Yeah, but it was similar. He's like a more gruff. Like anyway, I don't, it's, I I love them both. Uh, I think Steve Saker is massively underrated. But yeah, that that was a great song. Um, unfortunately, a- a- AFI has to take it. That's fine. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say a little bit about Stave Saker. Do it. I want to uh, hear it. And we're going to play one more little clip. And, you know, I'm glad that they got their due here. Uh, I, I, I don't quibble with your decision. That's a great AFI track. I think I do like the Stave Saker song slightly more. Um, I just think that, yeah, it's before it's time, especially this record, Speak Easy, which is their best record. I think it's, uh, for me, it's almost like a, a mile marker. It's like a, a totem from a time in my life. Like these guys were thinking about and creating stuff like this all the way back then. And it's like totally the direction I don't know I'm headed musically. And it's like one of those, like, didn't know what I had when I had it kind of a mm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. When did they break yeah. up? How long did they, were they, they around for? This was really the last like major release. They did a nitro album that tanked and then maybe they did another one, but they, they, you know, they basically stopped early mm. 2000s and then they did put a record out more recently that is quite good in 2017 uh MCMXCV which i'm sure is roman numerals for something 20, 2017 probably <laughs> i don't know it might uh, be wait XCV uh no it's like something in 5 10 minus yeah know. something yeah, 5 I don't remember and there's some some cool tracks on that record um but man i just yeah just underrated band uh, we're gonna hear one more song, Minute Man. This is the first song on the record. This is for me in the running of like most badass beginnings to an album. So I'll play the kind of instrumental intro because I think it's really a part of it here. Okay. Set the minute man One mind when 
watching is... you fall in love in real time, Chad. Yeah, well, and it's uh, dude, that is emo Pearl Jam, or that is hardcore Pearl oh, he Jam. He does have a little bit of an Eddie oh, Vedder. Yeah, 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 yeah. The and the and the cadence. Um, yeah, that bass was was ripping too oh, in the background. So growly. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. very '90s to me in a great way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Man, okay, well, I, I've always had this. I've always had this thought. I feel like, and you'll probably agree. I feel like if you make art like this that people listen to in perpetuity, yeah. you should be set. You should like. You should be getting some sort of enough to live on because you have given literally an eternal. Like you're. I think it's important. Is important as hell, and it's like kind of bullshit that like. They probably made nothing out of yeah. their career, like nothing, and then that was it. But it's this hugely important thing. I mean, what you said twenty three years ago, and here we are, yeah. you know, yeah. still, and it's it's having an emotional effect. I it's know. Like, it's I guess this is why man. people. Yeah, back in the day, people had uh, patrons where, like, they're literally like, "I'm just going to pay you, yeah. so you can do your art." Yeah, I think that's fair. I really do. You should be a Canadian, man. They, a lot more, uh, <laughs> a lot more help, help from the government on music. I, I do think it's a better really? system. Yeah. Oh yeah. They help musicians, oh, yeah. Canadians. Yeah. Canadian. Oh, yeah. Eh? You can get money to make videos, to make records. Their recordings sound great because they all get, you know, like I don't know, ten grand extra to like make a record. You just get it from the government, maybe more. It's incredible. <sighs> it's a They're good really, system. Really trying to, to put themselves on the map. Yeah. They don't like don't... you know. You don't like get it just for the hell of it. Like you have to apply and like show that you've, you have to put in your due diligence, but like there, there is uh help there that we just can't even dream of as Americans. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Next up at the drive-in versus fall, the fall of Troy. I don't know how anything is going to beat this song, but it's going to have mm. a shot. This is one arm scissor from at the drive-in. Yes, this is the campaign slithered in trails in the cargo bay. Turn is the vastness, hollow vacuum, choppy oxygen tanks. They hibernate, but have they kissed the ground? Pucker up and kiss the asphalt now. Tease this amputation, splinter glare, ring shit has access now. I could talk about Ooh. at the drive-in for an hour. Okay, but we're gonna hold off. Okay, up against the fall of Troy, F C P R E M I X. So something remix from the album Doppelganger, two thousand and five. Slow down, this is slipping through my mind. This conversation has run out of time. Maybe someday I'll come running home to you. I don't wanna see the day. My 
Damn, dude. They are they are exactly the band in that shows the difference between the Screamo tournament and the post hardcore tournament. Because they you could you could you could sort of squint and throw that into Screamo. However, precisely the thing that takes it out of Screamo and into post hardcore is the fact that they are actively, knowingly trying to do their best impression of at the drive-in in the verse of that song. Uh, oh my god. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. It was like you did, that, that is a uh, was this a random it, the, matchup? The, no, yeah, it's all math. It's like based on their yeah, it's, it's I don't choose them specifically. Like wow. the numbers the numbers choose them. Yeah. Okay, so it's the cards, and, the cards the cards tell you what's going on. What uh <laughs> like a tarot you, reading. What are the what are the dates? Do you know of uh Yeah, 05 and, and uh relationship of command is 01. Oh no, oh, 2000. That, 2000. 2000, yeah. man. I know. And, and you also hear the difference between like the, they really just are like that verse is a super poor man's at the drive-in and then they do a little more of like an you know, a screamo emo thing in the chorus. There there's a there's a handful of at the drive-in bands in this tournament for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously going to have to go with one arm scissor be, just because yeah. uh, you, I got to default to the inspiration. I will say, no, you though, don't. It's it's well, song versus uh, song as you yeah, hear yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah true, true, true. Um, yeah. The fact that that <laughs> a song named one arm scissor is catchy as hell yeah. kind of does it for me. I, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but it does. And it's that. That's probably one of the most recognizable choruses, riffs. Um, I mean, really in the scene. Like, yeah, I don't know if yeah. there's anyone. One of the that biggest would... songs. Yeah, for sure. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay, well, I I remembered the fall of Troy kind of from those days. I was never super into them myself. I think we may or may not have like crossed paths at a festival or something, but it wasn't exactly my world. So I I just sort of knew the I knew the name. I'd heard a little bit, but at the drive-in was like, I was watching from the bleachers, like rooting for them to become the next Nirvana, which is what the, the music press would have had you believe, uh, in 2000 as that album was coming out. And I, I just, that, that album just ripped right through me. I just loved oh, it yeah. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And Ball of Troy. Well, yeah, that was, that was a band I kind of passed over as well. Um, and then when I moved to Louisiana, apparently like, everyone here just adores them hmm. yeah there's a few a few bands yeah. like that so here's what happens next uh see you later fall of troy okay so then census fail is going up against sparta okay offshoot of at the drive-in of course we're gonna get at the drive-in sparta and the mars volta here so we're getting we're getting all of it so from census fail we get can't be saved
song. I saw you heart that song. I, I kind of <laughs> like that song. I just hearted it. Yeah. That, to keep track. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm pleasantly surprised. I don't know if it's going to be Cut Your Ribbon by Sparta, though. Here, Here's that track. Mm. Wake up! Can you hear me? how much they remind me of cursive i was thinking fugazi yeah so that, 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 yeah that makes sense well Kurt, yeah fugazi that, influenced well, I think a you're lot right. of saddle creek yeah they did and you know what i'm here that made me think of is by the way cursive will be in the uh, big 2000s emo tournament in case you're wondering they better win the, what that sparta track makes me realize is that the fugazi thing was in at the drive-in as well and that is the thing that, you know, Jim and the drummer or whoever that went to Sparta from at the drive-in, maybe it's the bassist, I'm not sure. Um, they, like, they brought that to at the drive-in as well. That was a part of what was going on there. But they probably got it from Fugazi. Yeah. And it's just cool to hear that connection because I wouldn't have, dr- I don't think I ever thought about Fugazi when I listened to at the drive-in, but it does make sense. But this is connecting that, those dots for me. Oh, my God. I think so. I have a lot to say about census fail. I think oh, I don't want to burn a thing. I think I'm going to go with Sparta uh, yeah. song versus song. That that song is better. It's um, better. But that's a, I kind of like that census, census fail, fail track, though. dude. I like it. Yeah. It's let me let, and, and I, I want I want a uh, I want a funeral track. I just want to play one for you. But and I'm trying to think because there's so everybody. He is so hated in the scene. I don't know the if he's singer like a of dick. Census Fail. Yes. And famously recently, um, do you know that band Bad Omens, right? I don't think so. No. Oh, well, Bad Omens is like one of the biggest bands in the world right now. But yeah. before that, they were about to go on tour with Census Fail. And uh, there was a famous argument about the font size of Bad Omens on the tour poster. And long story short, tour didn't, or they kicked them off the tour. Um, and then they became the biggest band in the world. So it was kind of like a, a long joke. But yeah, Buddy's oh. really hated. I guess he's like a dick. But um, I will wrote, say he he didn't have a good he didn't have a reputation as a a well loved guy when we did work no. with them. I think oh six might have been no probably was oh six. Yeah. I think that's why but I like I never, him because I've never met him. I don't know anything about him. He's yeah, I like him because he's mentally ill and his lyrics show that. But he wrote a really mm. good concept album. If there is light, it'll find you about, I think, I think the story goes, he had a, he had a scare of when he, when his daughter was being born, that his wife almost died or in the song, he imagines it. And it is just the most power. It's so crazy. It's so sure it's, what it's, the cover art looks like. It's a deal, yeah. deal, someone in a Dia de los Muertos costume holding what would appear to maybe be his infant daughter. Yes. Uh, so I guess scroll down. Um, yeah, do first breath, first breath, last breath. 
Okay, from Census Fail. And, I'll and add just this to the playlist. Well, as well. Let's check the lyrics, knowing. Um, also, I just I did want to mention: Are we going to get some Jed's lyric corner here, like we got in the Screamo episodes? Because absolutely. Okay, well, good. and so far, good, yeah, good. so far with you just have the most bizarre shit without the drive-in. I wouldn't ask like, yeah. what the hell is a one-armed oh, scissor? One. He is doing like he is as uh, Cedric is like as avant-garde and yeah. expressionistic as you possibly can get. Like he is doing like straight up you know, Dadaism lyrics. Like, yeah, I don't even know. There's probably a, a school of poetry that it, there's a name for it that I don't know what it is, but it's very art school. Put it that way. Uh, I will definitely do lyric corner about this song because it's so, I mean, just think about, I mean, we both just went through and we both uh, just had babies. A baby. Well, our, so, our wives did. Let's be clear. Yeah, that's true. But my son, <laughs> no, as of ta- we as were of pregnant, taping, <laughs> my son's six weeks. Uh, sorry, three weeks as of taping. And how old is your daughter? Uh, she is almost two months. Okay, yeah. On the on January 9th, it'll be two months. Nice, yeah. sweet. I don't know when this is coming okay. out, but yeah. So now let's delve it. into parental horror. <laughs> oh my gosh! First breath. Last breath by Census Fail. I watch you bleed out. I watch your lungs cave. I saw the worst thing that I ever seen as I watched you slip away from me and our daughters. First breath is the last one you will ever take, and I don't think I can make it on my own. I mean, that's, that is heavy, dude. It's heavy. I don't, I'm not sure it's working for me. Like, I don't know, artistically, it feels a bit raw and diary like, which is like, which then makes me feel bad for criticizing it. Cause it's just like mm. a record of his pain, but it's like, maybe not sort of made poetry quite enough for me. It's like pretty, it's, it's on the nose, but it's, on the nose. Uh, it's, um, the fact that I and I, I needed to fact check the fact that I believe it's fictional, like I don't think it actually went down okay. like that. Well, yeah. obviously, yeah, well, she didn't die, so yeah, that kind of yeah. makes it a little more sure. I, I, so I like this goes back to the intensity, just you know, the screaming yeah. out, How the hell am I supposed to raise a daughter on my own? Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, that is gosh. the yeah, man. uh, Ooh. I can't even go there. Um, I know, I know, okay. it, it, I, I was actually welling up a little bit. Who was it? Uh, Steve, Stephen King said, "Like life doesn't actually until you have a kid." That tracks, frankly. Oh boy! Next up, the receiving end of sirens versus dead poetic. From the receiving is- end of sirens, we get planning a prison break.
history in that. I do. So I, I, and that's not, I wanted to hear Casey Crescenzo of the Deer Hunter singing. And I Mm. don't know, that wasn't him, but it says he was, he was singing from 04 to 06 and then 10 to 12. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe that it, maybe it is him. I don't know. Well, either way. Yep. Okay. That yeah. We Play played it as some shows lies. with we played some shows with them once. Up against you, are are you are you a Casey Crescenzo fan? Deer Hunter, the Deer Hunter. Do you like appreciate his genius? I don't. You know, I I became like friendly with him on that short run we did, and we stayed in a little bit of touch. And I really liked him. And I I heard those projects and I like respected it, but I never was like got super into it. Oh. I feel but like that's right up your alley. Them. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Hmm. Hmm. Dead All Poetic, right. Tooth and Nail Records, New Medicines. song should have made them mainstream yeah they really should have blown up with that one what what happened do you know what happened with them you know i've i know i've heard things in the past people have tried to explain that if i'm remembering correctly i think the band broke up yeah it was just like an infighting thing i think he was like i don't want to do it i think that could be wrong Uh, Uh, that uh, that's the only thing that really makes sense because that um Dead Poetic wins, by the way. That's yeah. just, I, it, it's so funny. You, when I got into screaming music, then it's like, well, I don't, if, it ain't, if, if he ain't hollering, then it's, you know, sissy shit. And so it was, <laughs> I, I, I was really torn. I was like, yeah. oh man, I, I really like this song, but like, he's not screaming at all. But, um, <laughs> no, that's not true. Someone goes, whoa, whoa that's true. Whoa, Over again. again. Yep. Yep. It is. Yeah. It is very faintly in the background. Very faintly, yeah. But that that's like that is Jimmy Eat World level song structure. Like it's just that's about as perfect as you can get. One of those like how the hell lightning in a bottle sort of thing. That's that's a in my opinion, that is a buzzsaw track from Solid State. Like if you gave me top 10 Solid State songs, it would be on there for sure. Solid State Records. Yeah. Yep. It's also the fir- it's the only record or the only band we're going to hear today that's produced by Aaron Sprinkle, who did really that huge that slate of sense. tooth and nail albums. Yeah, yeah. We, we are we got Emery on the Screamo tournament, mm-hmm. and I think the Alm no that wasn't that one, uh, and and a few bands of one or at least two or three of Eric's bands, Anne Berlin or Aaron's bands that he produced, Anne Berlin and Acceptance are in the big yeah. Emo 
tournament. Um, but I just, his production is kind of unmistakable to me. He just found such a pleasant, uh, it's a, it's a nice blend of sounding pleasant, but hitting really hard. Yeah. It's yeah. It's got serious like depth and weight. Yeah. Really good stuff. Okay. Well, I don't remember a lot about receiving end of sirens, except they were pretty nice and we very early days. Uh, so moving on glass jaw versus the sound of animals fighting glass. That's interesting from glass jaw. We get ape dos mil or ape dos mil perhaps. Shit's over, you can bet when mid-October ends I'll still be ranting about most early May C.A. is the winner, he's a goddamn sinner While he dines him on the wrong side of the day And I said, I don't understand Why I'm fumbling after Yeah, you're the reason I cannot Up against. When did that this, come out? That came out. Oh, two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Up against act two. All is ash or the light shining through it by the sound of animals fighting. almost not fair for you to choose well no for i mean it's a it's a super group dude that's a sound of animals fighting is a super group oh yeah i don't in know that, a lot about in them. that song is anthony green and craig owens dude craig owens is which, from which band again chiodos and drugs yeah, and anthony green is uh Seosin, circus survive yeah. who are, we'll hear from later yeah the both of those songs represent like kind of the the stream of post hardcore that I'm like least into. Uh, I love a couple blood brothers songs, but like the sassy, and the like sass core stuff, that kind of like sinuousy, like snake, like, you know, let me, let me just, let me just tell you who's in this band. Right. Okay. At one point, uh, Matt Embry from RX bandits, uh, Anthony green, um, Matthew Kelly from the autumns, RX bandits, drummer, and uh Bradley Bell was the keyboardist for Chiodos. So at one at one point they had twelve members. Uh that was the live lineup. Whoa. Um 
Yeah, so it was kind of a collective thing, right? Um, and then that kind of brought it back down. Craig Owens was definitely, because they just had a reunion tour, and uh, he definitely was not there. Um, bless his heart. We've, we've, we've talked about old Craig ad nauseum. Um, so, oh, man. Glassjaw, though. Talk about Daryl Palumbo. So he's got Crohn's, right? Is that his yeah, deal? that's right. Yep. So... What was the opinion? Was he, is he a nice fella? Was the opinion, was he a light guy or was he kind of a diva? I don't know. I, I don't think I, I'm sure I knew people who knew him, but I never met him and don't, I don't have a, the. Well, let's wildly the, the speculate. I heard he was a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I have no, I don't want to, um, I don't want to engage know, in know, know, libel know, without evidence here. Sure, I love doing yeah. that. That's pretty much. If you want to hear libel without evidence, Church and Other Drugs. It's a podcast uh, where we just <laughs> wildly <laughs> sling mud. Um, Church gossip so, and other drugs. <laughs> so the singing style that Daryl did for Glassjaw and Head Automatica, yeah, is pretty tight. Like that is awesome, mm. and it's kind of like uh, this is. Like say anything, Max Bemis kind of did that. Um, you could almost say maybe because it's almost slam poetry, Syrup, sort of syrupy a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 spoken word esque. Yeah. Um, and there there yep. was a handful of bands that did that. That's why I was wondering when it came out. That's early, so he may and have those been a, bands are like they only have band names because everybody had band names in that genre. They should just be named after the singer. Exactly. It's exactly. like those kinds of things, and and like. Yes. Uh, it doesn't quite work for me. I get that people like it. So you're going to send on, what are you sending on? Who's going to win? I'm going to go sound of animals fighting. Okay. Well, Glassjaw, I know that they're super, I think they're Jersey, maybe Long Island. Very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Influential, super influential yes. band. Oh yeah. In, in the, in this world, never totally landed for me, but Hey, they made it. Me, me neither. Me neither. Well, that's an upset. That's an upset for Sound of Animals finding people. C- I think C- I think lower. that I think that one will irritate a lot of people. I think that's the one we're going to get. Uh, I'm going to get emails. About. I think I'm going to okay. get some email about it. Yeah, Facebook so. comments. By the way, join the Facebook group. Sorry, join the Facebook group. It's fun. Okay, next up we have one of the two offshoots of At the Drive-In, the Mars Volta, oh, up dear against God. up dear against God. Armor for Sleep. I believe aren't they Jersey? You can't do that. You can't do that to me. Why can't I? You can't do that to you? It's tough, bro. It's like, it's like, (laughs) of course they're fine. fine. No, I I think this is going to be, I don't think this, well, in my mind, but yeah, you know what? We're each our own person. I I almost want to know what you think would win right now. Just, just Mars Volta in a, in a Texas second. Okay. In an El Paso (laughs) second. That's a big second in Texas. That's true. Okay. Right. Inertiatic ESP by a Very good. I wasn't sure you were going to be able to nail that one. I took a second. I, I, I gave myself a little time.
that's a buzz oh, song. If we, bro. If, that is for me the be- my favorite thing we've heard so far. Yeah, Easily. yeah. Up against, I've, got, I've got stories about it too. So, oh please, can't wait. Up against "Car Underwater" by Armor for Sleep. Mm. We toured, yeah, we toured with Armor for Sleep. Uh, we did a Academy Is tour with them, Armor for Sleep, Cobra Starship. Oh, us. dude, I, I, I love Cobra Starship. And I I became quite friendly with Ben Jorgensen, the singer, uh, and Anthony, the bassist, um, but mostly Ben, and really liked him, really got along with him well. He later like got all ripped and like in good shape. Whereas he was kind of like a little bit pudgy before, like a little doughy. And that, mm-hmm. that always makes me feel like I can relate with people who are a little doughy. And then I don't, oh. you know, then I don't feel so jealous of them. Oh. Um, but that's not even fucking close, dude. No, that's not even in the it's ballpark. not. It's not. So do you know? Yeah, uh, obviously Mars Volta. Yeah. So did you hear about um, Claudio and the Scientology stuff? Claudio from Coheed and Cambria? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Who's the um, the singer of Mars? Oh, Cedric. 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 Yeah. Cedric. Um, the did you hear about the Scientology stuff? No. Was he involved yeah, in he, Scientology? Oh yeah, that's why. Like, um, Scientology killed his dog, dude. Whoa. Because yeah, man, it was like him Is and this true, dude. It's and this it's absolutely true. Hold on. What's Google gonna tell me? Scientology and dog killing. There's a Billboard article. Why is Danny Masterson involved in this story? Because he's uh, the Scientologist that finally got convicted of rape, but for so long. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, his wife. Gosh. Yeah, that's that's it. Danny Masterson raped his wife. Cedric's and, wife. Yes, and they tried to keep him quiet about it. And one of the things they did was kill his dog. With rat poison, he says. Yeah, bro. Yep. Schnauz. Okay. I did hear this that uh, his that his wife was uh, one of the the victims. Yeah, um, isn't that nuts? Of, of Danny, what Mar- a that weird nuts, dude. Yeah, what a weird That's thing. Nuts. So, but tell me about that song. That I well, think that, that is like a perfect album, Mars Volta song. That was that was a watershed moment for me. So we were in Newberry, South Carolina. Me, Brad, and Jake. We had a eighth of mushrooms each of us. This was like I think this was the first time I did mushrooms. And I don't know we, how much an eighth is. It's a, it's enough for your okay. first time. It's a lot. Okay. It's uh, it's it's a good bit. And we sat. We were at his farm in the middle of the night. Clear skies. Pitch black. Dark. We make a bonfire, we bring out a boombox, and Jake is like, you got to hear this shit. Uh, as I am peaking tripping, the intro to Deloused in the Comatorium starts the six out of the fish outside. Yeah. Um, and 
I my a song that was written to literally be the soundtrack of people's mushroom trips. Like they knew that for dude, and they it, intended that. Blue, like I can, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot overstate how much that just blew me away. I didn't. That was one of sure. those. Sure. Once again, I didn't know music could do that. It's like, yeah. What, what is this madness, dude? Yeah, that's um, cool, man. So great, so great. And then, man, that album will take you on a journey, though. Some, some of it is not fun. Uh, it's, like, yeah. Well, we're gonna depending on how far they get. We're mostly hearing stuff from that record. That's still yeah. Their, it's their gnarly. biggest, and I think their best record. I think basically everybody agrees. Um, yeah. Maybe the maybe the true jammer jam heads who get into some of the later stuff. I, I don't know, but yeah, so that's, so then that one goes uh, to Mars Volta armor for sleep. We'll, we'll see you later. We'll put them to bed. They have reunited, but we're going to put them to bed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind a little more Jed's lyric corner, which we really enjoyed yeah. in the screamo tournament. I should also say for listeners, I do have a, a three and a half week old in my lap and we're going to see mm-hmm. how he does. And I don't know how it's going to go, but Maybe it'll be great. We yeah, and I'm on. I just woke up. We uh, I'm on. We just started nighttime duty. Me and Dan are double dads, new dads, doubling down on post post hardcore dads. Which is like, is there any natural affinity between new fatherhood or I, it's my it's our second. It's your first, uh, but new fatherhood and um, boys with flat ironed hair singing and screaming in the 2000s it's it's the natural progression of a of a of a baby <laughs> it just really is it just never <laughs> they never grew dude so far the the lyric corner so far is it really has basically been like shattered glass robots tripping in the sunset window you know like yeah, it's just yeah. been like super yeah um avant-garde uh-huh wackiness Oh, you know what? That reminds me, actually. I Since we last taped, I saw the funniest Instagram clip, and I, I don't know if I sent it to you. I know I sent it to a few people. I'm going to play it. It's this guy, okay. Mark Little. He's a, he's like a pretty small comedian. Um, I think he lives in New York City. And let me find someone to whom I, I sent this clip, because it was so funny and totally you may have about- sent it to me. Totally about like emo lyrics and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. How how it was like you just need to uh, say what you're doing. Uh huh. <laughs> like when you write lyrics, you just <laughs> the, need the, to. S- the things that you write them with here. Let me pull it up. Tell you how to write an emo song. It's very simple. Um, all you have to do is write lyrics about the tools required to write an emo song, and then of course you sing it in an emo way. So for instance, this pen that writes these words, this page in which I write, this chair I wait, but where are you? That thing was amazing, amazing. Name the tools, name the tools. And then you get to the chorus, you play with that idea, I write your name. I write your name, I lose a picture of your name. Oh, and there's the little twist in the joke. It was actually Screamo all along. Emo's angrier cousin. If you don't know Screamo, it's the same as Emo, except with one extra band member, a raving animal they keep caged at the back of the stage. Who only comes out during the chorus to paraphrase the lead singer. I love you forever. Forever means every day. All right, Jeremy, get back in your cage. 
that, that had to be a very specific audience to land, though. I think it's just at like a regular comedy show, but yeah, I, I guess it is pretty. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's pretty ubiquitous. We our scene got more popular than we realize, and when you compare it to like rock bands today, it was just massive back then. Yeah. So well, okay. it's the whole. Th- I think there was a lot of closeted listeners because it's the whole mm. thing where. All of a sudden, dude, everybody has all. Oh, yeah. I'm all, especially like Creed is the new one where everyone's like, oh, dude, Creed has always been kick ass. Like Creed fucking blows, dude. And they have blown. So don't your nostalgia has gone too far. Mark Tremonti was just right. on Krista Makes a Podcast talking about hire. And that, I didn't think I'd see that. OK, back into the post hardcore tournament, though. Yes. We are still in round one. It, we don't know how long it's going to take us. It's almost certainly going to take us three parts. This is a mega tournament. We do have 32 artists. Mega so, tournament. Mega. Dance Gavin Dance is up against, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead. They're like a late 90s, early 2000s band that is actually really thought of as post-hardcore, um, but they weren't in like the scene. I do think they played a Warped Tour, though, uh, but they were more like they tried to get on the radio. They're on a major label. Um, but anyway, they they do fit sonically. So from Dance Gavin Dance, we get Uneasy Hearts Weigh the Most. Sorry, a lot of bones talking that song. Well, it's so this is number one. This is called Baby Making Core, I like to call it. Oh, um, okay, you've got a name <laughs> no, for it. No, it's not. Well, but it is. So, and it's the lyrics. This is like kind of the style I wrote lyrics in, in that it is specifically aimed at like a, uh, usually a, a scorned lover, it seems oh, like, yeah. where it's just like, you don't know what you're missing. I'm the best in the world, you know. Scorncore. Scorncore. Scorncore, for sure. Scornography. I'm curious also which uh, which singer this was, because Tillian just got in a ton of trouble. I don't know. Uh, this is from, let's see, which record is this? 2008's uh, self-titled mm. album. Yeah. How do you how do you know if it's scorn scornography versus it's just a normal amount of scorn? Yeah, you know it when you see it. You know, you know when yeah. you hear it. If it if it I mean, needs. so it's like like the grass is green <laughs> inside my yard. Like it's the classic. Like I'm the best person in the world, and you just don't even know it, dude. Stellan is crying. He's feeling scorned. Uh, he's a little too young for scornography, though. We're still going to keep him away from that. All right, mm-hmm. dance, Gavin. Dance is up against, as we said, and you'll know us by the trail of dead. And the song is Will You Smile Again For Me from their album Worlds Apart. Yeah. You misread your fate line Had long run out ahead of time Would you ride again for me? Will 
Okay. So I'm going to do two things here. Yeah. Um, I am going to... God, I, I'm going to... Dude, I need more than one. There's 32 bands, but I'm going to... You can have two uh, of each card. Two of each card. Okay. Um, going to do a... What is it? Pinch Hitter? Uh-huh. Or Rain Delay? Rain to Delay play another song an, for each band, the next song. Okay. I'm, I'm Rain Delaying... Um, Dance, Gavin, dance. I want you to play. Can I? I can't pick no, a song. You either, then that's a pinch hitter. Oh, then, no. then just oh, do okay. pinch hitter. Yeah, yeah, pinch hitter. Because I want to do um specific part of a specific song. So, Ghost of Billy Royal from Dance, Gavin, Dance. The Ghost uh, of Billy Royalton. Got it Royalton. right here. Yep. And so this is, um, it's got all the singers, and it, this is about um their bassist that just overdosed and died. Oh, this and is a new single that they just released last brand year. Brand new. Okay, so uh-huh. I want you to start. Uh, I think around three thirty, something like that. Let's, three minutes. Let's 30 see seconds. what we find. Let's see what we find. All right, the it's, ghost of Billy this, Royalton. The, the end part specifically. talk about lyric corner dude that so if you have anybody that has had a friend that died Mm -hmm. and like listen to that is pretty crushing and brutal like i don't know i i re-listened to that part so often because it's so like each singer Mm. in this song has a verse like basically just like talking about them it's so powerful to me i don't know how it sounds i realize i don't know how it sounds in in a vacuum like that, you just sure. hearing it, but holy hell, the um, yeah, I I lack the context for it. I think, yes, but you know, and it's also like extremely auto tuned those background vocals, which is a little yeah, maybe that's kind of what this band sounds like, and they're they're kind of going back keeping that. But I have been intrigued by some of what I've heard by then by them. So I imagine, so, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going with, and this, this is a can I, another small request. Yeah. I'm gonna go dance, Gavin. Dance. That's fine. As as a send off for Trail of Dead, can you pull up source tags and codes the song? Yep. And start at four fifty six, and we're gonna call this the send off uh, to Trail of Dead. The okay. eulogy. We're gonna for the Trail of them. Dead. They're gonna this eulogize is, this themselves. Is, this this is just such a unexpected moment of beauty in like just random music that it just like blew me away when i heard it fantastic let's do it we'll hear yeah. that last minute yep Four four forty six.
Isn't that dope? It's cool. You are kind of the king of playing things totally out of context here, though, tonight. Yeah. Well, that that I assume that that is a rock album. It's a it's it an is. album of rock it music, is. but we just heard some strings. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's the, that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's 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 almost a hidden track because I think it starts. There is a yeah, minute. It's about thirty seconds of silence there. Yeah, thirty seconds or thirty. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so so I mean, this ties in because I think it's that kind of stuff in post-hardcore that like for me it was like okay like this isn't disturbed you know what i'm saying like this is like holy shit like this these people have pretty they're making some cool music that because i remember um that in particular uh it was it was like a it's just like a summer night drive um probably smoking marijuana dan i'm not gonna lie to you um and then that that part just just came on and it was like where did that come from um i'm also i'm a mad sucker for orchestral that reminds me of adagio for strings um that famous that's a famous composition piece yeah, I don't anyway, know enough yeah. of that, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, Get so... Get back to the rock. And you'll know us by the Trail of Dead. They are a post-hardcore band. Take our word for it. Uh, as Cities Burn, we we replaced them last minute, but I kept a few songs in the playlist. We, we just had to make space for some bands, and uh, so they're not competing... Uh, but the, they're definitely on the lower end of Spotify plays, but I really like them. I know you love them. And so I thought, let's just let's just play like a clip and give them their due when we would have heard them in the tournament. Sure. What do you want to hear? Your call. Do not choose oh. the last 60 seconds of the final song <laughs> that's like a oh, piano would, outro or something. We want, I mean, I, I would choose... Yeah, well, that's I was going to say, I would choose uh, The Widow, but uh, in that case... Um, Bloodsucker Part 2. Okay. But The Widow is my number one song. And it's probably, there's no hardcore in it, right? It's like the this, it's just like an Maybe. indie song. Well, they also, <laughs> known for kind of changing their style uh, quite a bit between records. Well, it's about because his um, his dad was uh, an addict, and so you're it's all a, about his dad. You're a lyric guy. Him. This is why you're so good at Jed's Lyric Corner. Yeah, yeah man. I love that. I do love that. It's okay. intense. But let's I did, hear some rock I, music. Th- the one, um, the one lyric I'll just point out is that the as the as he says, as the track marks inch their way up your arms, my mother taught my brothers and I not to call you father, but to call you daddy. Boom! That's heavy, heavy That's stuff. Heavy. Let's play Bloodsucker Part Two, Dan. Okay, I like this song. That's borderline scornography. <laughs> and cities um, burn the, are slightly scornographic. They just, are just 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 a quick <laughs> anecdote on them. They yeah. um so they some of the members were from Baton Rouge, right? And that's where I moved to. That was the first city I moved to when I moved to Louisiana. 
and Chris Lott, the he was added later as a guitarist, but he was so I was in a treatment center and I got a job at Smoothie King and I was playing some a CD I had. I think it was like Neutral Milk Hotel. And yeah. Chris Lott came in and was like, hey, that sounds good. And he was the first like non-rehab friend I met in Baton Rouge. And then he was like, yeah, in this band, uh, City's Burn. Oh, dude, so, that kind of stuff. That yeah. makes, and then the record, you know, and then they get, so he, it was not their first album. No. Okay. No. So it wasn't like. I think it was Come Now Sleep. Maybe he was on. Okay. But, but and like, later. yeah, to, like, I, I just remember like when your friends in real life put their first album out, especially if they got signed to a label and like, it is just like, it is like the, the world beginning anew. Like it's so mm-hmm. exciting and you're just like our little local thing like is they're doing an album, you know? And then eventually like I, you know, of course you and I both got that bug and and made sure that we put out records. Uh, But that first time that it's like just someone, you know, Oh, that's a cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very uniting. um, I guess it's the same thing as like a state football team. I mean, it's kind of the same feel. Yeah. Or like like, when the, when this a local us. guy like Brandon Crawford, my story is Brandon Crawford, who was a Bay Area kid and a Giants fan, then gets signed by the Giants. And then it's yeah. like that. It's like that. That's so cool. Right. And then there's these photos of him as a cute little boy at Giants games. And, you know, that fits up. OK, next up, say anything Ooh. versus me without you. This is tough. Dude. Now, I mean, me without you have a decent chance of going all the way uh, with you at the oh. helm. Um, say anything. We get alive with the glory of love. And when our city, fast and shitty, falls to the axis, yeah, they'll search the buildings, collect gold fillings, wallets and rings. Oh yeah, but Miss Black Eyeliner, you'd look finer with each day in a That's one of that's up there. That's one of the best songs written. I'll say that might be a little bold, but that's an amazing song. You know, it's so interesting. Okay, Let, let's say let's let's save that for when we're talking okay. about the competition. Uh, okay. I want to hear the "Me Without You" song closer, but the next lyrics of this are "Our Treblinka is alive with the glory of love." I did not know that was the lyric. I never knew that he was referencing name dropping a concentration camp. That that whole song is about love it, in a concentration camp. Well, I just thought it was about war. No. Or is it actually, oh, the ghetto? Yeah, oh, yeah. We won't let them take you, like, searching for Jews, yeah. taking their gold, gold fillings. Yeah. I guess, yeah, well, okay, let's wait to talk about it. All right. Uh, I love that record, Say Anything is a Real Boy. But here up for Me Without You, January 1979. January 1979. Against the past, like a glass on the wall, 
single off of Catch for Us the Foxes. That's a this is a tough fight right here. It is. Me without you wins, hands down. Because they what, he he is a straight line to your aorta? Uh I well mm, number consistency, number one. I, I, I will admit I'm kind of No, it's song versus song. Chad. Okay, song verse oh, because God, that's no, the, that's what makes <laughs> this difficult. Is that say girl. anything for me has oh. like I love six or seven say anything. Absolutely love them. Oh no! Whereas I like fifty or sixty me without you songs and probably love. I love twenty of them, but I don't know how much I. I don't know how many of them I love more than the say anything songs. The handful that I really love. That's the tough part. Um, but then, but well, we can do, we can do whatever you want here. Yeah, I have to, because, uh, I can't let this, I can't let this stand. So I gotta, I gotta, uh, pinch hit me without you. Um, and we're going to do, mm, you can pick, either... pick any song. Doesn't have to be on the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one second. Oh yeah. Mexican war streets. Okay. Mexican war streets from pale horses, right? Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here we go. By me without you. Pinch hit. Sugar in the cane, candles flow. South side flats where the upscale go. I tremble at the fall. I tremble at the fall. stayed so good they keep putting you, out good records i know they're done did you right? catch them on their farewell tour you know i saw them literally four months prior on the okay brother i think catch for us brother sister yeah they play brother sister straight through and i was like i mean if it was a year later i, I probably would have gone but i didn't want to go three or four months later and i i kind of regret <sighs> it i i also yeah i feel like they're gonna play again we'll yeah see. i do too i do too such um, a great dude. live band, such a great recorded band. But we're gonna we talk about bands as we kick them off. So you're okay. We're giving okay. it to me uh, without you, I assume. Can, yes, and it was just a brief lyric corner on that. Oh, there's please. just Let's there's do just it. dude the lines. Um, and I know he's quoting um, literature, but that doesn't matter. Uh, it's not a person that dies, but worlds die inside us. Someone um, Yevtushenko, apparently. They, yeah, literally. Of oh, course. Oh, oops. Yep. Um, and I, tr- uh, I just love also how he sing, uh, how he sings, um, how often our tales get caught in our quote free end quote, uh, thoughts. Thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dude, then oh, he's such a great, I mean, he is probably my it's favorite artist ever. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's, so that song in particular just has so many, uh, yeah, we could, we could honestly do, a two-hour episode just going through and dissecting. Me without you, I know. Yeah, we could probably do an entire podcast. Okay, Easily. so talking about Say Anything. Yeah. So, yeah, that song was about uh, Jewish concentration camp love, forbidden love. He is Jewish. He's Max Jewish, Bemis. Right? Max Bemis, yeah. Um, 
And good heavens, I will admit, I'm kind of caught in the, so he married Sherry from Isley. Bro, you you better believe I knew when that was happening. Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I mean, I'm being slightly funny, but like Isley sisters were... Oh, you yeah. know, kind of the cream of the crop for <laughs> yes. indie rock band guys. Let's just that's so let's funny. Just say, like, yeah, because didn't nothing sounded hotter than you know being with a, an yeah. Isley sister. Uh, we met them briefly. I don't know them. They're very kind. Um, I love. Them. I think I love Adam Lazara yeah. from Taking yeah, Back they Sunday dated, and then she mm-hmm. was married to Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory, if I'm not mistaken, for a few years. Um, and and after they divorced. I believe married Max and they've been together now for quite a while. Yes. And they are co- cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, dude. There is, they're wild, dude. What, <laughs> like, wild well, about what? Well, there's an entire subreddit <laughs> devoted to their, uh, like, so they have like five kids that like they refuse, they're unschooled. They just basically, it's like complete free range children that's like, Whoa. you can just do whatever you want. And then they've scammed fans. Um, like Sherry will, uh, they sell art or original songs and they just never hear back. And people just gave them hundreds, thousands of dollars. They just never heard back. Max wow. is bi- bipolar. And like recently he did just some insane Instagram lives. Um, but that is, I like, He's bipolar, like for real. So that's, you know, mental health. That's just a mental health crisis. So it's not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm obviously not <sighs> as up on the latest hot goss as you are. I don't know, dude. Jet, it, like, but, is that bad of me? I don't. I mean, whatever. I, like, it's probably no worse than people who read Us Weekly. I, I try not to secretly judge people who read Us Weekly. It's, it's a. But Post you know hardcore what? Us Weekly, <laughs> but I, I am I am seeing I am seeing uh, say anything perform this album at when we were young this oh, year. Oh, that's going to be so fun! Yeah, that's crazy. So many of those, uh, that's an entire lineup of albums, like yeah, this kind of album. It's things. nuts. Um, but speaking of the the mental health thing, like I remember when this record came out, is a real boy. And first of all, I remember because it had really cool artwork and it was like this cool mm-hmm. O card. And then there's like a saw, uh, a saw blade on the CD. It's just very well. And the, the, you know, the artwork with the Pinocchio nose is just like so, so cool. It's so Broadway. It's very unique. Yeah. Super unique. And, and I remember just thinking like, I have never heard anything like this before. Yeah. This is one of the, like probably top three of those moments in my life top three artists that I was like, what, you know, mm-hmm. like I just, I understood where the rock music part came from, but I, but this whole, like, you know, super Gothic Broadway musical. I don't even know how to describe his, the, these little the stories. Way he sings that, yeah, too. And yeah. his vocal performance. Yes. But then also just punishingly catchy. And mm-hmm. you know, he plays every instrument on at least this first couple records. I don't, I don't know if that continued or what, it's just like it is very clearly coming straight out of his brain in a way that like you um you we we toured with them in the UK and really? and I w- I wanted so badly to like become friends with him and like understand his process I I'm sure I came off as too much of a fanboy for that to have been in the cards uh we were opening for them in Hello Goodbye in England in 2008 yeah 
And I mean, did you talk to him at all? I mean, obviously, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he was friendly. Yeah, we we spoke a couple times. Um, it was it was friendly and everything. And I told him I love the record. And um, but yeah, we we didn't like buddy up or anything, uh, which is yeah. fine. You know, of course, it was like ten. And, and it was that that song also uh, was famously used incredibly in a Scrubs episode. So Zach Zach Braff personally picked them out. Um, and that show for a while was, uh, pretty much like, like a secret who's who playlist of like really good indie. I don't know if you watched scrubs when it was out. I didn't watch it. Obviously he kept that going with Man. garden state and you know, yeah, exactly. Right. Same feel. So that's same his, feel. Yeah. Well, we should play one more song from this album because it really is just such a, such a, <laughs> such an item. I really like Belt, the first track, and Woe, the second track. Those are probably actually my two favorite songs. The Feudal is good. Uh, Writhing South. Isn't that about a, like a guy who's like getting off drugs or something? Yeah, do, do uh, Writhing is fine. Okay. Oh, The Writhing South, if I say anything. Looking for drugs in a southern town. This red right hand that points me south The pure green cloud just spat me out Into the hot, hard land that landed with no shoes ooh, ooh, ooh. I hear hey, 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 hey Come pollinate me, hey Hey, hey, hey Come pollinate me, hey I mean, just using the word "ride" in a chorus uh-huh. is is kind of a post. I would say that's kind of a characteristic of post hard. It's worth a revisit. Next up, we've got the used versus fear before the march of flames. Now, the Yikes. used the used are pretty handicapped here, though, because they got a bunch of songs on both the emo punk radio uh, scene radio tournament where their, their radio singles were played, but also I think on the Warp Tour 04 one. Maybe that's not true. But they were at least on the one with... with so they're, so like Taste of Ink obviously has been is, burned up. Has been burned yeah. up. So we're getting from them, we're starting with All That I've Got from In Love and Death, the follow-up to that, to that self-titled record. Was that a lyric typo where it says I squoze so hard or is that is there a pet like is that is that a different version of squeezed that like, I didn't know you could use? That's that was qu- the context. That might be an unanswerable question right there. I, I like right. it, though. 
I, like I was it. trying to think what's different about that from the previous record. And I think it's a little bit more broad. Like it's, they're trying to kind of degrading to say that like they're trying, they're like selling out or something, but I think eh. it's just a bit more straight. It's like more straightforward, less jagged Very. edges. That um, was ballady. Yeah. And I kind of like them with the jagged edges, but okay. Yep. That's up against on the bright side. She could choke. Ooh, wow. Baby. That's uh, by fear before the March of flames. Don't love that title but here we go You had to pull up the lyrics on that one. They didn't. They aren't here on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Can't go to your corner unless you know them by heart. I hope I you do. do. I do. Okay, yep. good. Then I don't need to pull them up. Uh, yep. That song. I am literally in 2004 right now. I am yes. in the back seat of Sherwood's the 15 passenger van. Our first mode of transportation. We only really did that for about a year in the van, and then we got an inexpensive RV. But that van, so that's specifically 04 to 05 that I was in that van. And that's exactly where I'm sitting. And it's like early Sherwood tours. I'm living on $7 a day. And I'm trying to write pop songs. But I'm also interested in like the kind of more bleeding edge of like bands that scream and, and bands that are a bit heavier than than Sherwood. And like, what are some ways we can combine these things? It, it sounds exactly like the experimentation of bands in 2004. Yeah. I, I've never yes. heard that song that I know of. I just heard it for the first time. Really? Started. I think so. Yeah. I know the band oh, by man. name, but I never, I never listened to them. Oh yeah. I mean, this was, I discovered them because of my manager at Hot Topic, uh, played them. We, uh. I think I've said that before, but we got we got every every employee got to choose like two CDs, and we had like a giant twelve CD changer. So and great, uh, dude. yeah, that. dude, it was awesome. It was super great. That's so great, especially when if there was like customers we didn't want in the store, or uh-huh. if we didn't want, we'd put on like Children of Bottom or whatever, and just like drive people. Cannibal out. Corpse, like, get the people the fuck corpse, out of there. Exactly. Yeah. Or the number twelve looks like you. Um, yeah, dude, they win. Obviously, uh, that is also I would I would say some uh scornography you know it's (laughs) it's i mean i bet you love this don't you i bet you love this i bet you love this you know it's It's just the classic just like like, that mark little joke uh it is i write your name i write your name i write it every day (laughs) and they you know they were they were uh dual he, he has such a good so this was um ironic this is actually kind of funny the used and um Fear Before, this song specifically, and Under Oath, those three were how I kind of learned to scream because the, the screams on Fear Before are so 
raw. I mean, those are those are razor blade screams. They like, are. Those are they, just, it's it's a little unsettling. Whereas uh, Burt's yes. in the used is, um, it's he's got this beautiful smooth ramp between mm-hmm. singing and screaming. Like he makes that transition about as well as anybody, uh, which is it, it tough to awesome. pull off. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. the thing. That's why it, you're like, oh, it's just it's kind of like butter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I. I don't have much else to say about the user. I talked about him with Mike on that emo punk scene thing. I, I I like some of their stuff. I love blue and yellow. I think I've played it twice now already on this podcast, so I won't go there. We don't, yeah, you don't so need to play. We don't need to play a used song. No, 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 no. no. The, yeah. So I will say about the used. I've seen like I I've seen the used inadvertently like more times than I can count because they're on every festival I go to. It seems like and what I did not know is like how huge they are still, or maybe it's just everyone's at that festival and that's, you know, they know taste of ink, but dude, massive crowds every time I've seen them. I mean, they've got almost 3 million monthly listeners no on Spotify. Kidding. That's pretty big. I think Jimmy that's world pretty big. is like, Jimmy world is like six or eight or something like that. So almost three. That's pretty big for a rock band. That is pretty big, man. Right? Are they still putting out music? Uh, I think they are. Like, for instance, Taking Back Sunday is almost exactly the same. So almost exactly the as same. As big as yeah, the U- okay. Oh, the bigger. Yeah, there's the pretty big bands. Pretty that big makes bands. sense. All right. Makes sense. Well, next up, Circa Survive versus Funeral for a Friend. Two bands I never got into. So this is going to be. I'm here. I'm a Virgineers here. Okay. The difference okay. between medicine and. And poison is in the dose mm. by Circa Survive. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, and that is up against Funeral for a Friend, Roses for the Dead. It's not your fault. You feel Interesting. 
That is a so that look that album cover that is that would be a little spicy today. You, it's a schoolgirl, yeah, uh, revealing a bulletproof vest. I don't know that you if there's no guns in it, right? It's just no, the vest? okay. And they're British, also. Huh. I believe. Don't. Uh, yes, I believe Welsh. Welsh. Yep. Yeah. Welsh. Excuse me. Sorry for the the Welsh. Well, Wales is in Great Britain, isn't it? I don't know. It's, it's somewhere the over there in Europe. Kingdom. It's in the United there we Kingdom. Go. Yeah. In the UK, isn't it? In it, it is. governor. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I was not super impressed with that funeral for a friend song. The Circus Survive song is impressive, but it's kind of not for me, I think is what I've ultimately, because I was like, why didn't I never get into them? And it's just I like, I like his voice in the context of Seosin. I don't think I like it in this context nearly as much. And it's kind of like that he's doing his own from at the drive into Mars Volta. It's his mm. version of that. Like this is just the shit I wanted to do. And it's this thing. It's this more artsy, a little bit more mathy, you know, indie rock, less structured, less, you know, not that Seosin had like it's, hooks, but like, you no, know, it's not yeah, they're, they're way more meandering is how I, I put it's it. A, it's like, a little jammy. Yeah. It is, and uh, so I'm going with Circus Survive, though. Um, that's yeah, a, it's is a stronger that, song. A, yeah. Oh yeah, it, I love that. Uh, I love that chorus too. Do you ever wish you were somebody else? Don't tell me by then. It's just good. It's catchy. Okay, well, I don't. Do you have anything to say about Funeral for a Friend? I don't really. know No, just about the, that that first album. Uh, that's why it was interesting. The their big song was from um, Hours, but that first album was. And I'm trying to. I don't even remember the the breakout song from that, but I think I discovered it on a magazine compilation CD mm-hmm. or was that, were they a solid state band? Looks like they were on or we, ferret. ferret. Yeah. Ferret, ferret. That's ferret it. Warner. Yeah. God, ferret used to be the jam dude. Uh, okay. Now we get to uh, a band that I love thrice. Yeah. We're getting to a buzzsaw. Versus Caven, who are obviously not as big of a band, but uh, I think widely understood to be quite influential. Is that your understanding of Caven? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. But from Thrice, we get the artist in the ambulance. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's up against Stain Silver. We hardly Silver. knew you. <laughs> Stain Silver by Kevin from Antenna. I've never heard this. Will be, this will be Virgin Ears for me. 2003. Here we go. Pop culture with a pill. Watching make all the worms in your mind disappear. Maybe so. Maybe not. Never sure if it's me underneath the white sheet. Halloween. Halloween. 
know, Dan, I don't care for that. Oh, really? No. Tell me, tell me why. I don't know, man. I don't like his voice. Number one, it kind of lacked T. I don't know, man. I just didn't care for it. It, Mm -hmm. it, uh, it reminded me of something like some nineties alternative. Um, Oh, it incubus. That's what it reminded me of. Hmm. There's a, yeah, there's a little bit of those maybe in the chord structure. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that mathiness. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like it. It's not Um, bad by any means. It's just not my, it's not my cup of tea. That's like their fifth album. I think they were this like influential band. And then this was maybe their, I remember it as their major label debut. It's on Sony. Uh, and and so maybe it was their like, hey, we can, let's do with them what we did with that, the drive-in kind of a thing. And it didn't really work. Um, I don't think it ever really caught on, but you know, more people heard them uh, thrice. I mean, come on, dude, what are we talking about? Yeah. yeah. So anything else to say about Caven? Obviously thrice wins or, or to say about the song, the artist and the ambulance. Oh, just that, that, um, the part you played, that drum fill is up there with it. That to me is the post hardcore, uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. (laughs) I mean, I'm, it's, it's so, it's it's so simple. It's our own in the air tonight. Oof, it is, dude. I I bet, I bet, send, send us an email and tell me if you agree, dude, that that is, the post-hardcore version. Name think, another drum I think you're right. That is as iconic. Coming in the scene tonight. Oh, Lord. Hold on. Oh, it's hold on. I don't really know that song. That's a, that, and that dude, just the lyrics. I mean, so what? That was about like he got in a car wreck and he almost died. I believe it's based on a C.S. Lewis story or essay or something. I thought it happened to him. Oh, these My are life is a lie, sto- These are conflicting stories. I don't, I don't know the answer. Like finding out Job uh, was uh, <laughs> was mythical mythological. <laughs> yeah. Let's not blend podcasts here, Jed. Okay, my okay. bad, my bad. Uh, uh, yeah, I was talking about Job from the band. Uh, <laughs> uh, go- my my shitty life from yeah. slick, sh- <laughs> slick shoes. Okay, Manchester Orchestra versus Boy Sets Fire. Very early. This is going to be our. This is going to be our last one uh, for this little sitting setting here but maybe i'll combine two parts and we'll see we'll see how many it takes us but we're we're going to be breaking for the night jed thank you so much for doing this with me super fun absolutely um but one more one more uh, matchup here manchester orchestra versus boy sets fire uh from manchester orchestra we get shake it out Mm. shake it out shake it out channel pinkerton on that album and mm. i i love it um yeah okay up against a very early post-hardcore uh appearance this is from the year 2000 voice this is Fire's also album after the eulogy this is virgin ears for me this is another band that i missed 
I did not. I never really checked out Boy Sets Fire, but I knew of their importance in the scene. Yeah. I think that they, I might've already said this last time. I cannot remember. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think they were actually a bridge band into like more hardcore from punk and like kind of punk emo. Um, so, so just imagine this is 2000. This is a year before at the drive-in relationship of command. This song is called rookie. is very anti-flag to me that's pretty punk it like i exactly what i'm saying that band bridged me into ah like more you know more proper hardcore and post-hardcore type type stuff because they they sound like mostly like a punk band there's a little bit of rise against you know in those waters yeah um although i think that's before rise against is very big were they the first um, uh, mashup name like Alexis on Fire? Uh, oh, were they? Don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, in two thousand, they may have been. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Manchester Orchestra song yeah. though is is better. I mean, that's of course, that's of an course, incredible song. We we should say let's well we'll talk about Manchester Orchestra as a band later. Um, I did just want to say one thing about them, which is that. They, it's only kind of like the, the furthest, most, like the loudest 10 to 20% of their catalog that probably really counts as post-hardcore. Um, of course. And this album probably has the most of it when they got loudest, but when mm-hmm. they get loud, they do get loud in kind of a Fugazi way. That is kind oh, of, they do. you know, like that's kind of the way they get loud. And, and so they're interesting because they're mostly more of like an indie rock, almost like indie art rock band. What what would you call them? Well, especially live, um, they really like that. They more than any other band that I've seen, and and I guess admittedly, like I've I've followed, I, I like I've tried to see them as because uh, I got Georgia really into them, so we've seen them a lot this year. But they better more than any other band like recomposition songs for live. That is just so dope. It's just like, oh my God, I wish I could have a recorded version of that. And like, they'll turn their slower songs into these weird, like they'll add, you know, crazy um, drum beats to them, speed them up, slow them down, make them loud. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like they're they they do really well. They kind of punch above their weight in their touring business, right? Like they do a lot of tickets. They have built oh, yeah. a really, they've, cause they haven't had, I mean, I don't think, they certainly haven't had any like mainstream stuff going on, but they've just built this. Well, really this big... album, this album 
this broke through. I mean, this was a this was a rock. This shake is it the out. closest. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I'm, I'm saying, no, but was not it? Since I've got then. friends. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got friends. Exactly. It was the single, and you know, I don't know, like if it really got a lot of radio play. I know they they tried. It did. It did. Okay. I remember, oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. And I remember apparently this is one of you know one of many embarrassing moments. So we went and saw them uh, in Austin, Texas, for this tour, I believe. So. You know they were they weren't like huge rock stars yet, and um, so da 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 da. You know I got very drunk. Don't remember. Woke up the next day and I was like, man, yeah, that you know that was a fun show. And they're like, do you don't you don't like? Uh, I was like, I wish we could have talked to him. They're like, Jed, you. So apparently we found Andy Hull yeah. on the corner of the street outside the venue, and apparently I had a blacked out like forty five minute conversation with the man. Oh my don't gosh. Know. Anything I said, any context at all. They're like, yeah, dude, like you, yeah, you talk, you met them, you talked to them. Uh, yeah, so. How long after that till you decided to get sober? Oh, 12 years. Okay. I mean, <laughs> this is an early, it's an early yeah, stop this along was, the way. This was early, dude. This was, you know, this I was guess, a bump well, in the yeah, road. The, this is was, when it was still like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that record is oh, nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, they go on. Uh, yeah, Boy Sets Fire. Uh, cool, like kind of early early band in the scene. Definitely a, a helpful band for me to find these other bands. But we got to let you get to bed, man. It's Or or get to oh, yeah, daughter I, I duty. Gotta, yeah, George has got to get to bed. That's okay, all right, exactly. Yep. Well, uh, Jaffrey is already in bed, and I, that's why I've been recording this whole part with my three-and-a-half-week-old on my lap. He's been boss. pretty chill. I, there's a couple fries that i will cut out but he's mostly just slept here he loves sleeping on us which is not great at some point we'll get through round one (laughs) taking our time all right peace buddy